Welcome, everybody, to the St. Louis Red Army Podcast. This is this evening's host, Patrick Kelly. I'm joined by Matt Hutchinson, Ryan Cassout. Let's hope he sticks around this time. Uh, a little bit of different vibe around the club since we've last spoke. Uh, you know, a couple good wins. Uh, Ryan, we're going to start with you. What, what's your energy ah. about the team right now? Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. Keep uh, Who knows what's going on here? But very Jekyll and Hyde with the club right now. A lot of ups and downs. You're really not sure which United you are going to see. Um, I will have to say um, Sunday's match is probably the first complete performance I've seen in a long time. Um, even though I had a feeling they were going to put one in the back of the net in the second half on us, there was at no time I thought we were going to lose a game. And, guys, I, I haven't felt like that since last year, since we went on that magical run with uh, with Olay. So I think once, obviously, the midfield is when they're performing and kind of overperforming like I think Fred's doing right now. I mean, that's the engine, the little engine that could right now. So it's uh, – it's fun. It's just, um, can we turn this into more um, of a consistency, get some more wins out there? Matt, where do you think United's at right now? Yeah, it's it's been kind of a confusing few weeks. You know, we go out against Liverpool, and, and for most of the game, we're up one nothing. You're thinking we could win this. And, you know, unfortunately, we gave up a goal, and it ended up being a draw, but it still felt like a really good result. And then you go out against Bournemouth, and that game, you feel like that should definitely be three points, and we end up putting up a stinker at one nothing. And then we win the next two games after that, three uh, putting up three goals. So the offense seems to be clicking. Um, so it's I think Jekyll and Hyde is exactly the best way to describe it right now. It's It's been two different teams over this past month in total. Um, but really, you look at the rest of the league right now, it's been it's been really odd. It's been very confusing. Um, you know, we, we, we jump around from 14th to 7th place all within a week. It's just been, you know, absolutely yeah, bizarre. That's so. Yeah, unless it's, you're it's, Liverpool, you're not winning right now. It's crazy. Yeah, right. It's, exactly. So it's it's you know it's we're certainly still in the mix of things, but it's you know I, I'm not comfortable at all with anything going on. But you know, there's there's some signs that we're heading the right direction. So let's recap uh, the Partesian game. I, I'll be full honest. I missed it. It was during the week. Uh, did you guys catch that match at all? Yeah, I caught a pretty good bit of it. Um, our class just outshone theirs. I think more of the story, and you know, we'll definitely mention this guy a couple more times now, and hopefully a ton in the future. Is the young man Williams? He was absolutely incredible. He was fearful, um, just no fear whatsoever. Hundred percent tackles, ninety-five percent passing, and then I think he won all of his aerial duels. You can't get better than that. The kid's he's just, kid. yeah, he's a kid. I think he's just nineteen. It's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this really is a, a wave of youth that we have coming through. And it's going to be something really special. But the goals that were scored were, you know, they were world class. You know, when we get our guys back, they have Martial and Rashford. Um, the more they start playing together, guys, it's going to be really fun to watch here. It's just, um, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good they are. It's who's supplying them the balls. Gotcha. I mean, the first game we won on a penalty, uh, and then we go out again and win 3 nothing convincingly. Uh, Matt, were you able to catch the game? I, I had it on while I was at work. I was I was trying to kind of keep up with what was going on. That that was a game we missed at least two penalties, right? Am I remembering that? Yeah, correctly? that was yes. 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 That's obviously extremely frustrating, and and that just continues to be a head scratcher. How we cannot get the ball, you know? How how why are we struggling so much? Those are gimmies. Kicks? And and I don't want to harp on that because you know obviously we went out three one, you know three nothing. So um, you, you know I don't want to be negative over what and being a really good result but finally you know and this you know our team went out and did what they're supposed to teams in europa and we really haven't seen that this year in this tournament so far so um you know from what i saw martial was having a huge impact 
uh, and we'll we'll talk about this throughout the podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a common theme as Marsh is starting to be one of the things that's starting to drive this club forward and get the attack going. And I think we saw a lot of that from this game uh, from him. So, you know, all in all, good results. It, it was good to see us go uh, bury a, a team that we absolutely should bury. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's starting to look like the old United a little bit. Again, we're not playing the competition um, that we're accustomed to, but, you know, it's good to be winning these games handily where we weren't a couple weeks ago. Um, that moves us into the Brighton game. <clears throat> I thought it was an interesting game to watch. Uh, my take on it is Brighton played the way that we can beat teams, teams that pack it in and, and say, you know, keep throwing punches, we're going to counter on you. They usually beat us. These guys pushed us and tried to press us, and, and we made them pay for it. Thank you. Yeah, we seem to do a whole lot better when the game's wide open, right? We, we've seen ever since, you know, ever, ever since really since Fergie left, if a team has decided we're going to pack it in and, and play everybody behind the ball, we can't seem to ever break them down. It changed throughout uh, in that entire time, and Bright decided to play a wide open game, and that was their mistake. You know, we, we got the attack and the punch that once we're able to get the ball up to those top three, that we're going to be able to put a lot of pressure on and take our chances and banging some holes and it's probably the first game at Old Trafford that felt like the typical United game you expect a nice comfortable fun to watch win um so it was good to see and and again Martial's shined through that game um Rashford probably should put in a couple more goals that he did but 100%. it was good to see it was it was good to see him get on the sheet and um you know bury that one and uh, he, he buries that so one right after he misses the center yeah. Right, you know yeah, which one's the more difficult one to finish, and that, yeah. to me that just shows how much he, he's. I in just think when when he has too much time to think about things, obviously you know with taking PKs, I think something's in his head. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what it is. You know, I'm sure he'll get over it. But one thing I want to mention, guys, is Daniel James puts in yet another incredible match. He's unbelievable. He's doing it again and again and again, and it's it's. I think it's the most shocking story, um, obviously for United this year, and I'm. Uh, it's almost just reminisce to think about a player who's performed like that, coming from a league like that, who's come up through, you know, it's Manchester United. We're not talking about he's going to Everton or a Brighton or something like that. He's doing at United. So just great stuff from him. Oh, and he's doing one. He's got, he's got the, the, the tools. He, he's so flipping fast, but he's not taking any plays off. He's not taking any tackles off. The other teams are just beating the hell out of him. And he's getting yes, right back yes. up and saying, bring it on. Bring it on, bring it on, and, and you see that filtering into a lot of guys too. They're they're in the rush to get the ball from him when he when he's making the run in the corners, and also his outlets from the sideline when he when he does when he's not making the run, and he's got Rashford or Martial breaking on the other side of the D line and that channel. He's putting it on a dime every time. Uh, yes, that's what I was just about to say. That's been the and most strike. surprising thing of him: his vision and his brain for the game. I mean, I knew we were getting a speedster out of this guy. You're just watching. Right. We were watching all the YouTube highlights that we could of him, you know, in his time with Swansea and everything. It was like, okay, you know, this guy's going to be a speedster. You know, he's going to be a guy we, we've talked about this on the pod. That's going to want to come on the 70th minute going against tire legs. But no, this guy's starting. He not only has the speed to do it, but he has the vision and he has the ball to get it to it. He set up, uh, you know, Rashford perfectly. Any of us could have finished that on our way. Rashford foot. scored on that same ball two or three weeks ago. Sure. Exact same ball. He, sure. he, great first touch and tucked it in. I forgot who it was against, but it was the same ball. Right. Yep. What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, this, you know, we're celebrating the last two wins. Um, you know, things seem to be looking right for them. There, there's a one little, I like to call him the Tasmanian devil, that, that seems to be playing more free-form football. 
Um, he had a great outlet on the Pierre ball that led to up back through um, that we ended up scoring on. He's been winning walls, winning tackles, finding his teammates at, at distance. Is Fred? Is this? Is he coming around here? Is this the Fred that we're gonna get? Is he good enough? Um, you know, give me your thoughts on the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was, I was all for Fred when we got him. I, I was really excited to bring him in. I think he's, he's got a really good pedigree. You know, when he was at Shakhtar, everything seemed to flow through him. He was, he was a key piece of their attack. And it's just, it, it, it's, it still feels like maybe it's a little too, uh, well, too little, too late. Um, that being said, he's had a really good you know, few weeks. I, I, I think the thing is with Fred, I just don't know that he's going to be good enough to be a United player that we can rely in to be the type of guy we need in the midfield for us to really challenge for titles, but he's doing a great job. Um, there was, you know, the quote that came out from him this past week is he finally feels like for the first time that he's got some confidence and, and that's because he's finally able to get the chance to go out and play game in and game out. And, and we're having to rely on him because there's absolutely nothing else to rely on, you know? There's, there's, there's him and Scott McTominay, and, and that's it. So he, he's stepping up. He's, he's playing smarter. He, he's showing some more aggression on, on trying to, to win balls back, and, and he's making some, um, some smarter forward-looking passes and getting the attack going. So he's been a lot better. I just, I think my gut is telling me that this is probably the that we're gonna see out of Fred. Um, it'll be a good of a, of a. Uh, you know, stopgap until we get the midfield really sorted out. But I don't know that he's going to be the right guy going forward. Ryan, your take on him. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with mainly most of Matt said, and he kind of explained it all, so I won't talk too much on the subject. But um, simply put, he's he has been playing a lot better, so kudos to him. But for me, he's just not Manchester United quality at the end of the day. I mean, we're going to have to take some hard looks at some players we have, just like Jesse Lingard. We can go on about him. Um, Fred is getting more of a run of games. <laughs> right. Fred is getting a little bit more run of games, so maybe it wasn't, you know, too fair to him. But, you know, Daniel James showed it right away. Wambasaka showed it right away. You know, those yep. players they just yep. got in, they proved why um, they could be Manchester United players because, you know, once that, that window opened and we're getting these guys just like, geez Louise, you know, these just aren't United quality players. They've shown us why they can be. Fred still really hasn't done that for me. And I, and I hate to talk bad on the guy because he's putting an effort. He is helping our team win. But I think even at his best – it's still not going to be good enough. Do you think not having Pogba in the lineup has freed him up to play a more of a, his style of a free-form midfielder? Well, I think it maybe has. And the other thing, you know, I think we're all asking now with Scott Matamine out, you know, what do you do? I think Fred kind of has to go back there. And you're thinking, well, he has no size. You know, he's not going to be able to make the tackles, things like this. He does make the tackle. And he's going to be fast enough to stop anybody else's counterattack. So, I mean, right now he's going to be the only guy to do that. And I, I don't think it's mainly the Pogba thing. I think it's Solskjaer maybe putting um, less pressure on him or maybe, you know, filling him up. Um, and th- that's his attitude is changing. I can do this. I can play football here. And I think that's the reason. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with Pogba, though, but, you know, yeah, some might and, say. And, and, and my thoughts, he, Solskjaer is starting to simplify the game for his team. You know, going to three backs on Liverpool, simplifies your marks. Um, it seems – you know, he, he's just simplified it, said, all right, you don't have all these jobs. This is your one or two jobs this game. Get it done. I think the team's played better for it. Uh, you, you guys both mentioned Scott McTominay. Man, how good is this kid? Yeah, he's, he's certainly stepped up, and he's he's been a been a, a rock back there for us. And 
he's creating things. He's scoring goals. Um, you know, I think he's showing that, you know, we were heading into this year. I think a lot of us were putting a lot of faith in him, thinking that he could uh, could really step up and, and be that guy that plays alongside uh, Pogba and allows Pogba to, to really just play a free and open game and, and not force him back. And it didn't really start off that way, right? It, it didn't it, – he didn't look all that settled into the role. But um, as, as these last few weeks have shown, I think he's starting to get more comfortable with that that role where he kind of can sit back and, and be the supportive guy that allows the uh, other midfielder to play more free. And that's what we're seeing right now is, is Fred's running a little bit more free and being more creative. And, <laughs> and Scott's back there kind of holding things down, but he's also able to step up and bang in some goals. And there was, you know, one of the stats, another stat I saw was, you know, he scored more goals this year than Erickson for Tottenham and, and for Brown for City. So not to say that he's a higher quality player, but he's he's certainly been stepping up um, and performing better than those two have uh, recently, it seems like. So, you know, we'll take it. And and this is the direction. I think, you know, Ryan brought up a really good point where I think you get a really good feel for if a player is going to stick or not based on, you know, are we seeing signs of it early on when they first get in? You know, you look at Daniel James and the guy's been phenomenal since the beginning. And since McTominay's been there, We've seen a plenty of really, really good, strong performances from him. So I'm I'm going to be more comfortable, you know, making a bet that McTominay can be a guy that makes it in the league, uh, based on the fact that we've seen, you know, a lot of good performances. We've seen some not so good performances too, where he kind of just fades off and, and he's not <laughs> a part of it, or he makes some really bonehead mistakes. But you know, we, we're seeing enough of uh, from him, especially now where he's having to step up and he's doing really well. So it's great. To I see. think a big thing with Maddich out too. Before McTominay, it was. He'll do. He'll suffice in the moment. But now, you know, he's winning Player of the Month awards. Um, he's stepping up on the other side of the field. It, you're confident with him out there. It, it's not he'll suffice, he'll do for this because the situation calls for it. It's, hey, we've got Scott McTominay out there. You guys are screwed. Um, and the kids really stepped up recently. There's no doubt. I mean, I think a thing we used to talk about, you know, a couple years back was with a crop of players we'd have, who would start for any other team? I think McTominay would start for practically any team in the Premier League right now. He's I really do. The past couple of weeks. I really do. Um, I'll be the first man to admit, you know, even on the, the cast, if you uh, go back and listen to it, I didn't think he'd be fully ready this year, or at least not this quick. I wanted Maddich to be in there, and then you would ease in McTominay. I knew he was going to be a great player, but I thought he'd at least need another year um, kind of off and on the pitch. But, no, he's mm-hmm. done it, guys. It's This is yet another, you know, kind of a Daniel James story. You know, even though McTominay was with our squad last year and Jose Moreno did trust this kid to do a job and he did. So he's definitely teachable, but he's just a workhorse. He absolutely wears a badge on the sleeve. He reminds me not necessarily of the play, but of the mentality of Ander Herrera. There's that guy. There's that United guy. He just seems united through and through. He was the kid that sat in the dugout after our last final game last year. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, he was emotionally upset and you got to wonder, you know, what was his offseason like? Did, did he take that into the training room in the offseason? And are we seeing the results from that now? Yeah, absolutely. Kid's a stud. Um, you know, we, we've harped about the, the two of them. You know, are Fred and Scotty going to bring us to the final, the the, the uh, fourth position, third position, top four? I don't think so. I'd like to see it, but it's just it's not going to be good enough, I don't think. They're looking at the table. It's still wishy-washy. I mean, we're playing Sheffield our next match, and they're ahead of us by one point. Um, Chelsea is still doing their thing. I don't know. They're going to have tougher opponents. I'm not sure when it's going to burst, but 
you know, are we capable of winning four in a row? And Pulisic just scoring goals like crazy. Who saw that coming? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That team right now, it's, it's, it's young. They don't seem to have as many stars as we do. I don't want to talk heresy and saying, are they being better coached? I don't know. But I believe we have better talent than Chelsea does right now, and they're just they're playing enjoyable oh. football. Abraham really scoring, Abraham yeah, scoring them great goals. Pulisic stepping up out of nowhere. Um, we're starting to find our scoring tr- stride. So you know maybe we're a couple games behind where Chelsea is right now. I don't think they're a better team player for player. I just think they're playing better right now and they're finishing. We're not. Yeah, they are finishing. No doubt about that. <clears throat> Speaking of which, Rashford. Is it a huge sign of relief to have Martial back out there with him? Yeah, I think it's, you know, he's he's a guy who needs a lot of confidence to go out and do well. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's still really, really young. You know, we for, you know sometimes it's easy to forget that, you know, when he won the Derby against City, the next day he was getting dropped off by his mom at high, uh, high school. So, you know, he's still a really young kid, and, and there's a lot of pressure on him, you know. The, the future, he's wearing the, the number 10 shirt, and, and a lot of people put the future United on his shoulders. He's playing a lot for England right now, and, and, and a lot of the pressure of performing for England's falling on his shoulders. So I, I think he's got a lot going on mentally, but and I think we saw a lot of that confidence dip, and you could see in his expression when Martial was out, and he was kind of a lone man up front, and James was certainly working really hard, but you know he's dealing with a guy who just got up to the Premier League playing alongside of him, so but, you know, you, now you see Mar- Martial is back, and, and Martial's just stepped right back in, and he looks like a completely different guy than he did two years ago. Right, I mean, you totally and forget Rashford's it's, 22 years old, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's so the two of them playing together, it just I think they are really comfortable with what each other can bring and what each other can do, and they can rely on each other. And, and Martial's not afraid to take it into the box and drive in and, and make those plays. And Rasher knows if he puts himself into a position, the ball's going to be there. So I think it's been probably the number one reason why this team's been playing a lot better is Martial is back. And, and it's, it's totally made the offense uh, formidable again. Do you think it's just Martial or do you think it's a team as a whole? I mean, it's one player on the field of 11. I think Ryan, yeah, but I, well, yeah. I think it is, you know, the team as a whole, but it definitely, Martial definitely gives you that extra step. You know, he's definitely that extra that missile, you know, that you're carrying along with you. There's no doubt about that. He's definitely another option. But mm-hmm. I think I think the team as a whole, maybe that are starting to get how Solskjaer is really willing to play. And you're, you're right, PK. He is making the game simpler on him. That's how we got to play. That's how we got to play. I mean, we are completely one-dimensional. But as long as we do it well, you know, we should get by and we should get some wins. But, I mean, the main thing going from here, guys, is how to keep those two guys healthy. It's no secret that the different training message of Solskjaer has, it has, it has had an effect on our team last year. You know, when we played uh, Liverpool, all those injuries coming out, they're adjusting to that. It's going to get better. They're going to get used to the work rate, but we got to keep those guys healthy. Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, I think they're a little bit better coming in with an off season preparing for this season, but still we're so thin. Um, oh yeah. You know, looking at what Martial is doing, what's the difference between him and Lukaku? Oh my gosh, it's it's two completely different players, you know. Lukaku has to wait for things to happen around him, you know, and and he he's a great finisher, he's a huge presence in the box and he can score a lot of goals, but he's not creating. He's got to rely on everything to come, you know, develop around him. 
and and with Martial, he he can do both. You know, the, the guys, like I said, he he his he's got a ton of confidence where he could drive balls into the box and drives defenders absolutely nuts because they're having tried to defend him. And you know, when that happens, then he's drawing two defenders towards himself, and that frees Rashford or James up, and and then all he has to do is slide the ball over, and they can bang it in, like the like the the Rashford goal where he you know hit it off the bar and went in. It's it's just a complete, and then he can, and then he can find those open spaces himself and knock the ball in. So, he, R- R- Martial is just a much more uh, complete player. It's where he's able to to create and to be the one to score. It's just, it's a totally different thing. I got you, hundred percent with you. Let's flip to the other side of the field. I mean, we were pretty excited about Maguire and Lindelof playing this year <laughs> together. Um, we've only got two clean sheets. We've given up a goal a game. Um, you know, is this the dream defense that we're hoping of? Man, I I don't think it is, guys. McGuire's doing the job. There's no doubt about that. But Lindelof has seemed to be slipping lately. I'm not sure necessarily what it is. I mean, there are four goals, I believe, that you could literally put on one guy. You don't like to do that, but it's just missed assignment. Um, so I don't think it has been, guys. I, I really don't. I mean, Last game, like I said, I knew they were going to score on us. It was just a, a silly goal that we gave up, but you can just Which feel. Is a gr- also, a great response from the team going back and getting one back, too. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But that's that's something we haven't been able to do in you know, mm-hmm. quite a while. We haven't, we haven't gone down one nil and a half and won a game in over a year, I believe. Which is nuts. Something close to that. I can't remember the exact stat, but that's just kind of how important it is right now. And we'll get there, and it's okay, but um, – I'm going to love when Baye comes back. I, I really think he's going to get a new lease on life because we still don't have that fullback that can dribble the ball out of the back. I think mm-hmm. Baye's that guy. I think that's really going to be something good. Maybe give um, Lindelof a break. I mean, Lindelof, he's a fantastic player. I don't want to discount him at all. He did unbelievably well for us last year, but this year it just it's, it seemed to slip a little bit. Matt, you th- your thoughts on the center backs? Yeah, I mean the the positive is it's better this year than it was last year, right? I, our defense, <laughs> Not our defense much. is well, it, it is though. You know, our, our, it's it's much improved. So you know, the the job has been done by you know getting McGuire in, and and the two of them have been playing. They've been playing well, and unfortunately, the goals have gone by. Like Ryan said, they've been a lot of those have been on Lindelof. But listen, you know, I, I don't think we can go out in today's Premier League and expect that we're going to get clean sheets nine out of 10 times. I just, it's just not going to happen. So you're going to give up goals, but I don't think the mistakes that we've had this year have been anywhere where they were like in previous years. So, and I think by you coming back, I think healthy competition is a good thing. So, you know, it'll light a little bit of fire in both of them and it gives us a little bit extra depth, but I'm, I'm comfortable with those two in the back. I'm not worried about our back four. I think they can go out and do plenty of a good enough job to, to play a strong enough of a defense for us to win a game against any team in the league. Gotcha. Speaking of, uh, speaking of everything, we, we've got Paul Pogba on the roster still hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Um, the rumors are he's going to be healthy around the transfer window. You think he sticks around until uh, the spring or you think he's gone? Well, they said middle December, but God only knows. I, I really, do you care I don't point? see, I, well, here at this point, here's the thing. He played five matches and he has two assists. There's only two other players on the team who has more assists than Paul Pogba. He hasn't played in six weeks. Well, I understand, I but yeah, I made that be, number up. But right, he like played six. Well, yeah, he probably, yeah, he hasn't played so long. But hate him or love him, you're not making top four without him. It's just not happening. 
I'll, I'll make that bold prediction right now. It will 100% not happen without him. I think he is that important. We just don't have that guy. But if you want him to go, fine, he'll go at the end of the season. I just I don't see a scenario that this is going to happen in the winter. Something that big just does not happen in the winter like that. I just don't see it. Matt, what do you think? Should he stay or should he go? I if if we have a replacement ready to go and there's some sort of plan in place, I, I'm I'm fine with if he leaves. I just I, I'm kind of tired of getting you know sitting around waiting for him to decide that he wants to you know take this team upon his shoulders and, and be the man. You know, and, and I think heading into this year and even times last year, I think he could have done that. And I I don't think he's got the mentality to do it. I think he. He wants to go out, and I think he wants to be one of the best players in the world, and he'll go out and put great performances. But I don't see him stepping up and being that guy. So if, if United can find someone else to bring in that can at, keep quality in the midfield and, and drives forward, I'm okay if he leaves. You know, But I agree. If we don't have that replacement and, and all we're simply going to do is sell Pogba off and you know, we can kiss the, the top four goodbye. So if when he's there and he's healthy and he can play, I want him out, out there every single time because I think he can create those moments out of nothing yeah. and he can score. But I, if if we can find a replacement for him, then I'm I'm fine with him going. I'm not going to be heartbroken. He was our lead goal scorer last year. That's just the thing. You, 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 you try and find points to distance yourself from the guy. Numbers are numbers. You know, like him or not. So you're just going to have to go out and get that. We got rid of numbers last year with Fellaini and Lukaku. Those were gone. So getting rid of more numbers like that, again, it's just asinine. I understand if, you know, he's not kissing everybody's <clears throat> ass, if he's uh, making a fool of himself in the media and everything like that. Right now it's just about – and if we get a replacement, that's great. But right now we need somebody in the midfield who can supply our two guys up there, who could score goals, who could somehow get us a top four. That's really – I don't care how it's done. I just want to get top four. You know who's available that can score goals. Oh, yes. He's six foot four and our Swedish hero. But PK is going to our Italian club. I think that's almost uh, a done deal, unfortunately. But, yeah. That's nice. I'm just ready to start watching baseball again. The best quote. <laughs> the absolute best quote. Now go back to watching baseball. <laughs> just <laughs> Just the, ML- like, just the MLS is like, God damn it. He never disappoints. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in all, all seriousness, you don't think he could play 20 minutes a match, 25 oh, minutes a match, could. and just go in the Premier League and still score goals? Oh, he'll put in bangers for sure. That's, you know. And you, you know what? Do you know why he scores those goals? I was watching a highlight film today. He, he scores those goals because he's the only guy out there who's willing to actually go Try do it. stuff that they can all do on the practice field. And he's willing to do it during the game. Rashford could go out there and score some absolutely insane, stupid goals if he had the confidence in himself to go do well, it. Well, here's the difference. You here's know, the difference. E- Ebra's the only guy. Ebra's the only guy with the ego big enough to actually go try it on the field. Here's the difference. He does it, and he he bangs it home eight out of ten times. Rashford goes out there and tries it. After two or three efforts, he's just sitting down on the bench. Right. True. Yeah. I he, you can say yeah he's trying the crazy stuff, but he finishes it. He he, yeah. he he bangs it home. I mean, he, 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 like Beckham, he puts that half-field shot. Rooney puts that half-field shot. You try that one or two times and they don't go in and you try it again, you're on the bench. It's probably the same thing with Ronaldo, you know, going in with all of his crazy crossovers and this, this, and that. Half the time, but, he wasn't doing crap, but when he did, it's like, okay, kid, go ahead. Nobody else in the world's mm-hmm. doing that. Keep doing you. And they watch him do it in practice. I remember 
in college, Victor Pacheco, one of the best free kick tickers I've ever seen in person. Coach Kalish said, you get to take him because I see you working on it 45 minutes a day. No one else. If anyone else wants to work 45 minutes on free kicks, you're more than welcome to take him too. But until then, he's the guy. You know what? I, I don't. I don't think he's going to come back to United. I don't think he's going to come back to, you know, AC Milan or Milan. I, I think he's going to go somewhere else. I think he, I think he loves the idea of being conquering the club. something new. Yeah. yeah and, and conquering something new. Like <laughs> I came, I conquered and I left and you are all better because I was here. And so, <laughs> but that's true. I mean, that's, that's exactly what he says. Every time he leaves somewhere is like, you're welcome. And it's like, you know, and, and you love him for saying, well, you're welcome before you, you thank him. Don't. And so I, I think he's probably going to go try to find a new challenge. I think he's, you know, I don't, I don't know where it's going to. Don't you being, see but... him just eventually having the tie on the suit, standing there on the sideline, be like, this is enough. Just taking it off the kits underneath it. He goes out there and scores a goal. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Player coach, <laughs> Player coach, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. He's not wearing a track it. suit. That's... He's wearing a suit yeah. suit. No, like... he's got the suit. Yep. Like That's like it. James Bond's it the other way. So right. instead of <laughs> instead of taking off the wetsuit to reveal a tuxedo, yeah. he's got the tuxedo and takes it off to reveal a soccer kit. And you know <laughs> it's one of those things he's gonna look at the crowd like, you know, putting his thumbs up or thumb down. You know, you want me to go in? Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. That's cool. <laughs> That's like the do I, Roman Coliseum. Do I win this for you or don't? Right. <laughs> Who's got money on this kid? Yeah. Um <laughs> And another thing that keeps rearing its its terrible head in, in the in the season so far is VAR. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. It's been a disaster. Get rid of it. Just decide tomorrow. We're not doing it the rest of the season. Tweak it. It's awful. Go away. Awful. I, th- I think, however, they can get the referee on the pitch doing the game to make that decision. I don't know how many times a PK has happened, not because the ref on the pitch who's there and has got the feels going on, but some guy sitting up there looking at a TV, telling him what to do. Referee didn't agree with it, but the guy looking at the screen did. Referee's got to deal with it, too. Here, how? Yeah, that's speaking. just got to be just mind-boggling for the referee. Then he has to still go out and make decisions throughout the rest of the match. So here's what's confusing me. It, you look at the major league sports here in the U.S. It, it, baseball, basketball, football. Um, and and hockey to an extent they all have it right they've they've all got they've all got video review and they were all it's, imperfect at first but yeah but okay fair but it seems to be working and and it and there was well there was it works for Liverpool sure yeah well, anytime it, Liverpool needs I, some points what I, what I understand is how it's been such a a, a just absolute clusterfuck <clears throat> my language the problem is when a ball is bouncing and it hits a guy whether his arm is natural or unnatural there is no 100% this is how an arm should look and shouldn't. It's very gray area. A lot of that stuff is gray area with those PKs. I think that's the problem. It's not black and white. You're offside. You're not offside. The well, guy put his foot that. out of bounds. He didn't put his foot out of bounds. So so then does it become we refine what is reviewable and what's not? Does I, that fix uh, the problem? I think some of it, like the accidental handball rule is a joke. It really yeah, is. That that that's their fault for making that rule. I think there needs to be a buffer for offsides, or you're gonna have guys not timing their runs like that, and there's gonna be less offensive chances. You know, part part of yeah, the yeah, offsides yeah. game is being on that guy's shoulder, and now you got a computer saying, "Well, oh, you're you're a well, million offsides." Yeah, your nail well, could be sticking out, and that's that. 
the off the offside thing is is a big problem because the whole point of the rule is to keep to ensure that you're not gaining unfair advantage by your position. If you're a toe length ahead of the guy in front of you, you don't have an unfair no. advantage. So I, I agree with the buffer. So maybe what maybe what they need to do is sit down, and go, okay, these are the rule. These are the these are the calls that can be reviewed by VAR, and the decision can be made. And these are the ones where it's just too much of a gray area, and we're not going to allow those to be reviewed. But I think I think you've got to have with the technology that's out there today and the ability to make sure that you can get the game called the correct way. I think you almost have to have video as a component. Well, and, and a lot of it, too. I mean, with the, the there's a play, it was the Arsenal game where a guy just there's a guy with his arm around a guy wasn't really in the play. It was a foul in the box and they just said no. Yeah. You know, it's just there's no consistency to that. I mean, if that's if that's a midfield, that's a foul. And then you have VAR to, to correct that. That'll, that's just always going to be a part of the game there. And then another thing we could quickly talk about and then go, but is just the diving problems that are still there. Has, yeah, I was going to say, has it solved and it? No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. It's like, this is just unbelievable. Start carding these guys. It's really that simple. Start well, they, giving they, them start, they did start doing that player review. Uh, it was a manager, a player, and a referee would review questionable plays. If all three sets suspension, it was a suspension. I've never heard of a player being suspended yet. Haven't yet. And we've seen. I, you know what? I think. I think. Watch the Liverpool one. game, and you'll one. see a couple of them. You'll see yeah. a couple of them. Ever? I'm not picking on them. We've done it too. Hell, Daniel James, guys. Uh, pick on Liverpool. Screw him. Yeah, well, Daniel James does <laughs> go down a little easy. The guy does get clobbered. He's about as big as me. But a couple of them, he's definitely yeah. gone down. But Liverpool, there's been. I'm not going to whine and be a victim to it, but there's been no doubt that VAR has benefited them more than any other. Period. Absolutely. And even and, and, even and, in the game we played against them. There should have been two red cards on the aforementioned Daniel James when he got an elbow to the face by old Virgil Van Dyke. He elbowed him. He knocked him out straight on the to ground. The face. Straight to the face. And there's there's nothing, sir. There's nothing there. I mean, that's I don't know. I digress. Yeah. So uh, it's an end of an era here in St. Louis. We're going to go to local um, GM of St. Louis FC now for or soon to be former. He doesn't take the job till December first. It was moving down to Chattanooga. Uh, FC down in uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, somewhere, somewhere down there. I heard some Louisiana, but yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh, Sacred Heart geography there, Ryan. SEC <laughs> right. country somewhere. That's all. Newport, that's all. Newport, North County. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, me and Matt had a special relationship with Jeremy. Um, I, Matt's actually the guy that introduced me to him um, when they were fi- founding St. Louis FC. Matt called me up and said, "Hey, we're going to meet with the GM of St. Louis FC." Um, and I met him through that way and worked for the club for a bit. We still keep in touch. We're both Ray Donovan and Blues fans. Um, I talked to him a little bit yesterday, you know, nothing but the best for Jeremy. Good luck to you, Tammy and Sydney. Um, they're going to do great down there. They got a pretty cool program. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a end of an era. It's, it's really sad. Jeremy really took a hold of building this club up from the, from the, from the ground up. And he reached out to so many different people, um, before the club even, signed its first player. He was out there meeting with people. And, and I think the time. beer had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, that's true. That probably helped, but <laughs> you know, it, it, it was, it was great getting to know him. You know, I'll never forget, you know, when I, when I was, I had won the award to be player for a day and, and Jeremy really did a lot that day to make the experience a lot of fun, you know, and, and, you know, we had the pretend contract signing and holding up the shirt and, 
and introducing me to the coaches and, and to the season ticket holders and everything. And, but he embraced those moments and he, he knew that it was all about, you know, people coming out and, and making that connection with the team and um, couldn't have asked for a nicer guy to be, to be in that job. And, you know, I think unfortunately with the way, you know, things are headed with, with MLS coming in and, and, you know, some direction that the club seems to be taking since that decision, it, it's probably best for him to move on and, you know, I think a, a new start will be good for him. And, but, you know, really bummed that he's heading out. But, you know, a guy that, you know, all of us will continue to, to be able to call a friend will all be written for him for sure. So, you know, best of luck to Jeremy. And, you know, just want to thank him for everything he did for, for all of us uh, here on the pod on uh, for the Red Army and just, you know, everybody that showed up to the games that he talked to. Yeah, I just, Ryan, I just Ryan, obviously – You got that license plate still. We didn't hand that I off. still do. So if you're, if you're out there, <laughs> sir um, – if I need to mail it or whatever, you just let me know. I still have it. It's still in the back of my car. It's sitting there. So <laughs> let me know. Let PK get a hold of you, whatever. I'd still uh, be more than happy to give it to you. But um, I want to pose a question to you guys real quick before we go, though. You brought something up where there's been some changes since MLS was announced. Like, what impact is that going to have for STLC? Are they going to be around in five years, or what are you guys thinking? Personally, I, I think maybe two more seasons, and then and then something else happens. Wow. Um, wow. You know, uh, it's on, un- it's unfortunate. Yeah, really? but, uh, that's just, that's what it's going to be. Um, that's it, my it thought. It seemed like with the, in- yeah, it seemed like with the initial group um, with the first attempt that there was very strategic thought around, we're going to build, there's going to be this pyramid structure and St. Louis Scott Gallagher is going to be the base and it'll build up to the Academy and then the USL team. And, and then St. You know, then you'd have the MLS team. It was going to be one organization and it seemed like as soon as the uh, Taylor families got involved, all that information kind of got taken down from the web and, and it didn't seem to be as connected as, as a part of it. So for whatever reason, it, it seems as if the MLS group wants to go a different direction. So, you know, maybe they want to have complete control over the, over the Academy that system is, and, and do something different. There. And who knows? So, is, yeah, the, Academy, I, the Academy system might be still be part of it. I mean, SLSG's got a great could, infrastructure. Yeah. They've got great youth coaches. They got a great program there. I mean, there's no reason for them to 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 completely cast that out and, and start a new on the youth side. But with the USL, I mean, they average 4,500 fans a game. You look at Sacramento, you know, 11, 12 since he was doing 27. Um, is it you know is it worth to spend the money to bring you know St. Louis FC and MLS for you know 4,500 fans a game? I I don't think it is. I, I think it'd be fun to get a fresh start with it. Um, I think they're going to bring in the right people, the, uh, some great people to do it. Um, you know, it sucks because St. Louis FC is fun. It's charming. It, it, it's it's small-time local soccer, which is just fun as hell. I mean, every time you talk about English soccer, you know, let's go to those – you know, people want to go to the Old Traffords, but they also want to go to, you know, the second or third division games. And uh, and it's going to lose that charm. But I, I just – I. I, I don't know anything more than you guys, but I think that's that's my prediction. That's oh, a shame to hear because yeah. you're 100 percent right. The charm, as much flack as I've you know given the club over the years, it's still still a place you could bring a family or four for under 100 bucks and have a great time. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's what's really going to be missed because you really don't have that. I mean, <clears> I guess the rascals thing if, if that's your thing with baseball, but uh, yeah, especially with soccer. That's sad. Well, I think the rascals are gone too. Yeah, they're Jesus. Yeah, I think they're gone. <laughs> So, you know, what, what do we have? You know, what do we have? I don't know. Maybe we could build something out here in Florson for the people come and do, you know, joking aside. But um, anyway, it's it's still a sad thing. And 
wow, I, I can't believe, you know, you, you know, when, right when you, I'm looking at uh, one of my STLC jackets down here in the basement, when you say they're not going to be around for much longer, my God, PK, you're about to bring a man to tears here. That's just a, it's, it's a shame to hear that it just, you know, you'll look back on that and it's, it was great. You know, the, the tailgating, I wasn't ever really involved with Luligans, but uh, spending time with my brother there and my, my other friends, it's just easy getting there, man. Nice little tailgate, drink as all much as you want, you know, have fun all the way in Fenton. We drug ourselves all the way down there. You know, Big Dan, God bless him, would always drive us back. And didn't get out there as much this year, but I'm trying to talk men. We need to step up what we used to do in the previous years and next year, especially if they're going to be going away soon. Now I think you it's – hopefully that will bring me more people out there. And I hope I'm wrong. I am hope I'm wrong. You I know, hope I, so, too. I'd like, yeah. I'd like to go see yeah. St. Louis FC on Friday or Thursday and then go downtown to see uh, St. Louis United <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> on the weekends. <laughs> well, awesome, guys. Great show tonight. Um you hear that that is the golden tones of manchester's own stone roses it's patrick kelly your host tonight uh we've got matt hutchison ryan cast out we'll be catching you guys up soon uh, hopefully after another couple manchester united wins thanks for tuning in guys and uh, we're gonna miss you jeremy good luck down in chattanooga come on you reds <laughs>